Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your presence. I took a little time off yesterday because I was under the weather. Uh, I needed a break. It was the end of the week and uh, my cold had still not gone. It's a lot better. I say thank you very much to all of you. It is so... Um, it is really appreciative that you, you've taken your time uh, to spend all of this with me. I wish you happy Mahashivratri, my friends. Happy Mahashivratri. Uh, may the strength um, and Shakti of the cosmos be with you, of, of Shiva, of Lord Shiva, of Parvati. And may, his, uh, may their blessings be with you forever. Empower you to be better and, and rise up to a better day, a better tomorrow, a better dharma. Uh, happy Mahashivati to you, everyone in India, all over the world, um, and to our dear Prime Minister Sri Narendra Modi. Uh, thank you so much once again. I will won't take much of your time, and today I'm going to do something important. Um, I know this is Mahashivratri, but uh, uh, I had planned this for yesterday, and I was not able to finish the podcast because I was under the weather. So I'm going to finish it today and we'll go to something else tomorrow. So today, uh, my, I think we've done a podcast on this before, but I will talk about it again because uh, it's been a while. So the question is, why, um, why is there no word Palestine in the Quran? We know uh, that it's supposed to be in the Quran if, there are so, uh, if it's so important. Uh, then, but it's not there anywhere, even close. Uh, it's not mentioned in the Quran. Okay, and people say this means uh, Palestine and that means Palestine, and they're talking about this and they're talking about that. But in reality, we know that they are not in the. It's not in the Quran. So, let's start by first saying where does the word Palestine comes from? Come from. Um, now, the word. F- Palestine comes from an ancient word, Felicet, that's P-E-L-E-S-E-T, okay? It's um, Felicet. Um, it, it, the earliest inscriptions, there are five inscriptions, and the earliest inscriptions is 1150 BCE during the 20th dynasty of Egyptian pharaohs, okay? So it's prior to, um, prior to Egypt, uh, prior to uh, the Abrahamic groups. And it's very interesting a story how this happens. It is related to the Turkish earthquakes. My friends, I will explain that to you. So the Ph- Philistines are uh, people, um, first inscriptions are in 1150 BCE in the 20th century, 20th dynasty of Egypt. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um... First known mention is in the Medinet Habu Temple, which refers to Felicet people. Um, and the last um, known is about 300 years later. Um, those are the inscriptions. Now, they mean foreigners or foreign people or other people, something like... Um, uh, something like immigrants, okay? Um, and they are... Um, they are uh, considered, they, they settle near, um, we don't know where exactly, but if their inscriptions are on, in Egypt, then there's somewhere you will have people of those tribes coming 
and being in that area. And one of the reasons is um, you see the Turkish earthquakes, it's because Turkey is sitting on a tectonic plate, the Anatolian tectonic plate. Now, this plate in the north is bordered by the North Anatolian fault line. In the south, we have the east, southeast, we have the eastern Anatolian fault line. And right um, on, its sub, on the south, this eastern Anatolian fault line joins another fault line um, that it runs below the Sinai Desert. And that, and that fault line goes north-south from all the way from uh, the Greek agents, the Greek islands, the Aegean Sea, through, um, through the Sinai Desert, below the Sinai Desert, and around through the Red Sea. Right along the Red Sea coast, there's a fault line. And it borders uh, the western coast of I think it's the western coast of Saudi Arabia. Mecca is also sitting on a fault line. Okay, Mecca is sitting on a fault line, and the same fault line that goes right up to the Sinai Desert goes uh, up um, through the Levant, Israel, Philistine, um, and to Turkey with its two Anatolian northern and eastern fault lines. And this tectonic plate of the Anatolian plateau is then squeezed between uh, the Eurasian plate in the north and you would squeeze between the um, Arabian plate in the south and you have on one side and the other side you have the African plate. So this is a very tectonic uh, active zone. Uh, there are many seismic events in this, volcanic eruptions, um, not only volcanic eruptions, but you also have um, um, earthquakes, tremors, tsunamis, all of the above. Um, and because of this, every time there is an earthquake or volcanic eruption, you know there is chaos, very much like we have in Turkey today. So there's chaos after chaos, and this chaos obviously doesn't get, get over so fast. Um, so uh, what happens is very much like the earthquake in Turkey, unfortunately, in Syria, the speed, there were no cranes. Uh, people just lied under the rubble and died, very much like in Syria. No one's going to help them. Who's going to remove the people from under the rubble? No one. So what is happening is they're just lying there, they're dying, and they're disintegrated and dis decomposing. That leads to malnutrition, that leads to a break in the, in the food chain, in the human chain. There's disease, there's pandemics, and people would leave the region. Now, this entire region is tectonic, okay, seismic. So if, if the islands around the Greek islands, Cypriot and all, were, were damaged, or there's chaos, uh, volcanic eruptions uh, over there, and ash flew, they would flee the area and come to another zone. So these people were called seafaring people, uh, foreigners coming from another land. And these seafaring people were called philicet. So the philicet were actually a foreign people or neighboring people or seafaring sea people. They were called in different uh, texts. And they came and settled in, well, the inscriptions about them are in, in Egypt. We don't know where exactly they settled or where they would, whether there was a continuous you know, flow of these people because this, it's continuously uh, seismic. It doesn't stop. Um, and and basically that's the long and short of the story. Now, uh, the the Assyrians called them by the word Palestu or Philistu, uh, eight hundred BCE. Um, okay, then then there was a um, 
palace, sorry, palace of Philistu. And, and nowhere in any inscription, whether the Egyptian or the Assyrian, Assyrian, sorry for my pronunciation, they have any boundaries or regional boundaries for them. Um, so it, the term Philistine also appears in 5th BCE, the ancient Greek uh, historian Herodotus wrote of a district of Syria called Palestine, that's P-A-L-A-I-S-T-I-N-E, which is a Greek word. So it appears in a Greek uh, historian's book, Herodotus, um, an area between Phoenicia and Egypt in the history. So um, this is a historical reference. Um, it's a wider area than um, biblical Philistia. And biblical Philistia, which comes after uh, biblical Philistia, is, is Philistine um, or Philistine city or Philistine people of Philistet um, in three in five uh, cities along the Mediterranean coast in Israel. So they came as seafaring people. They settled in five cities. And those five cities um, is, um, is Ashkelon, Ashhad, Gaza, Ekron, and Gath. And these are the five Philistine cities of the uh, people who came across the Aegean Sea. And you mentioned in the Bible. Um, and basically, that's how we know about them. And there's a lot of rhetoric to them. Um, so this is biblical history. Okay, very important to know biblical history starts around three that biblical times. It's considered around 300, three, what, 1000 BCE, 900 to 1000 BCE. So about 3000 years ago. Before that, there were inscriptions in Assyrian text. Uh, and uh, Egyptian uh, text. Um, so basically that is it. So we have all these inscriptions and we know that um, they are in biblical text. Now, they, there's a lot of rhetoric about Philistine people in, in the biblical text. And they are called Philistim, ending with an I-M. And the reason why they use the word Philistim, because I-M denotes a multiple or a plural. So you have Muslim, it means plural of Musli, Muslima, and, um, which is female, and uh, Muslim can also be male. So anytime there is I-M, it's plural, and mostly it's also taken as, as male plural, but it's also generalized plural. But if you want to use a female plural, it's Muslima. Uh, but I-M uh, signifies a plural form of Muslim. Um, and so, Philistine means plural, multiple people of the seafaring uh, sea type who came across the agency and settled in biblical times along the western, um, west, uh, along the Mediterranean coast. Um, now, the Israelites always were in conflict with them. And there was a reason why they are in conflict with these people. Because the Israelites... Um, uh, people who who follow kosher meals, okay, follow kosher um, uh, dietary laws. Uh, because these seafaring people came from outside, uh, they never followed what the Israelite 
had. Now, Israelite, Israelite laws are made for the Levant, okay, because this is a seismic zone. We see the chaos, we see the pandemics, uh, and they always had to have special laws for cleanliness, special laws for diets, uh, special laws for uh, living in the zone. It's like as if they were in a non-stop state of COVID. And because of that, they had to adjust to the geography of its time and even today. And in this region, the only way you can survive a pandemic or COVID crisis or or loss of life due, due to seismic uh, reactions is to isolate, to follow um, dietary laws, to make sure you're clean all the time, to cleanse yourself all the time. And these laws then it were attached to God, and because they were attached to God, these laws uh, then became an ideology, became a religion, and now we have the religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. But all these laws are actually laws uh, that were put in place to uh, adjust to and to uh, to. Um, to uh to go uh to survive in an area which is very seismic it has nothing to do with god uh it was made by men very very important um and these philistine people these seafaring people did not appreciate these laws did not follow them they they ate pork they ate uh uh the swine uh as they call um uh, meat um um so because they did not follow the laws and they were at the risk of contamination of their food, the Israelites never had them and they were always trying to put them down. Um, it is said that the Philistine were more intelligent and were more advanced than the Arabs of the time, which is the uh, Israelites. The Israelites are Arab. So the Philistine were more advanced than the Israelites. Um, and and that is uh that is what the history books say, but the very fact that they have tried in all manners to um to get rid of them or to integrate them with the Israelite people or to have been conflict and to uh, er eradicate them is um is is common history in uh biblical ancient ancient biblical times now. This kingdom of Israel broke into two because they became so suffocating. The northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Yehud. They fought for a thousand years. They reformed their kingdoms again, but on a different format. And by 70 AD, the second temple, the temple of Israel was broken, of Jerusalem. Twice, the Romans killed, brought them down the, sec the, the second, the third time and disbanded them from there. And by... 135 AD, uh, after the suppression of the revolt by the Jews by, uh, uh, from the Romans called the Bar Kokhba revolt in 135 AD, uh, the Romans were so angry with the Jews because they were the administrators of the land, they disbanded the Jews, bought the temple down and called this area Syria, Palestina. Okay. Um, because this entire area was called Syria and Palestina 
was a reference to the seafaring people who were considered unclean, unkempt, foreigners, invaders, terrorists. Uh, this is what we would consider these Palestinian people, um, a name given to them because they were considered unclean or in Arabic, najas. Um, and these, so Palestine, Palestina was given to this area called Syria-Palestina as a, as a way to get the, the Jews to get away from this land and not come back because if they come back, then there would be problems again. So coming back, would be a problem. And so to dissuade the, the Jews from coming back, they named this place Syria, Palestina. And like I said, um, the Jews always, or the Hebrews, because there was no concept of Jews back then, the Hebrews always dis disliked the concept of Philistina. They called them like they were considered najas or, or filthy or infidel or... Um, really people who had no um no status in society they were just considered very unkempt and against the kingdom of Israel and Yahashem which is their word for god now after the after the Byzantine uh, after the Romans uh converted this place to Syria Palestina during the Byzantine period because we know that the Roman kingdom comes down the Western European kingdom, and then the Eastern European kingdom Eastern Roman kingdom uh, or the Eastern uh, Orthodox Empire rises up and the Byzantine period starts and um this area becomes an imperial province of the Byzantine world and. The imperial uh, province of Syria, Palestina, is reorganized into Palestina Prima, Palestina Segunda, and Palestina Salutaris. Okay, um, it was a Byzantine province which covered the area of Negev, the Sinai, and the southwest of Transjordan, south of the Dead Sea. Uh, and prov the province, a part of the diocese of the east, was split. Uh, from Arabia Petria. So these are provinces during the Byzantine period, very important. Um, and when the Muslim conquest, the Islamic conquest, the names, the place names that were used by the Byzantine administration continued into the Arabic time because you can't change right off the bat. So they changed slowly and slowly and slowly. And um, and, and basically the Jund, Jund, Philistine became one of the military districts within the Umayyad and Abbasid province of Bilad al-Sham. Okay, so we had the Romans naming it as Syria Philistina. This continued into, uh, into Byzantine times and the Byzantine reorganized this area, the different pro um, districts. And then you had the Muslim conquest. This was area was called Jun Philistine and um, during the Umayyad and Abbasid times. Okay, uh, and the province of Bilad al-Sham, okay, a province during the Umayyad, uh, Umayyad times, uh, is the same as what we call the Levant today. So the greater Levant is this province. Um, it encompassed most of Palestina Prima, Palestina um, Segunda, and Palestina Salutaris. Okay, so this is the area where it encompassed, and it went. So this word continued being used during the early Islamic times. Uh, <laughs> 
but after that, it sort of lost its place. Okay, the the use of the name Palestine comes from modern English. Today we have the word Palestine. It comes from modern English, um, but before uh, the English took over, the English mandate given to them by the UN, this place was ruled by the uh, Ottomans. Okay, that is the ancestors of the Turks. Okay, Erdogan and his ancestors. Now, even during his times. Even during his times, this, sorry, during the Turkish times, okay, it is important to note that this area was not called Palestine during the Turkish times. It was absolutely not called Palestine. Um, they were called Vilayats. Vilayats was districts. So even um, the, even the, um, the Palestinians, sorry, the Turks did not call this area Palestine. The Turks absolutely never called this area Palestine. Why do you ask? Why would they not call this area Palestine? Okay. Um, because the Turks had nothing to do with Turks came from Central Asia. They did not know this area at all. So today Turkey is trying to fight for... for uh, Turkey is, is trying to fight for this area. Oh, we are Muslims. We are fighting for Palestine. But they, they don't know anything about this area because they are doing it for power. They want power. They want to colonize the mind, the emotional mind of the Muslim world because now they're Muslim. But they come from Central Asia and they had no idea about this. So uh, there was never a province called Palestine. They didn't really care about Palestine. They just colonized the area for power because this is a Mediterranean region and the ships come here and they, like every other empire, they wanted money and control of the taxes of this area. So this area was called Sanjak of Nabalis, Sanjak of Akka, Sanjak of Jerusalem and mutasar e of Jerusalem. So they had no interest in Philistine or historical Philistine or even the people Palestine. Philistine, nothing to do with, with uh, Muhammad, nothing to do with Islam. It's just a geographical area that is very convenient to everyone who rules this area. And, um, and, and basically, that is it. The English gave it back the name Palestine, but by then, uh, everyone has forgotten what real Palestine is. Okay, uh, but why is it not... In the Quran, because we know uh, very clearly, uh, as I've mentioned before, most of is Islam gets its literature from the people of the book. Like I said, the Israelite kingdom broke into two, the southern Yehud and the northern Israel. The southern Yehud, after fighting for a thousand years, then breaks off. Um, the people break off uh, slowly from groups, reorganize themselves and joins the Roman Empire and this Roman Empire becomes Christian. So we get Christianity from the southern Yehud, the southern kingdom of Yehud and that Yehud or Yehuda is called Judea in English and from that Judea we get the name Jew or Judaism. So Judaism actually comes from the concept of uh, Judea the name Judea, which is only the southern kingdom of the ancient real kingdom of Israel, not the total northern kingdom and the southern kingdom together. 
It is um, the name, the actual word in, in Hebrew is Yehud or Yehuda, but they form Christianity. So this is from where Christianity is born. Islam comes from the northern Israel, which broke off. And over time, they reformed in different formats. They were colonized. They were um, occupied. They became slaves. They came back with the Persians. And they reformed into the religion or the empire of Islam. So Islam is actually a, a, a group, an association, an alliance for power okay, by the people of, of the orthodoxy of the northern Israelite groups, the tribes. And whoever around the Middle East was looking for power, Caliph Umar, um, all of them who were looking for power and money because they were unemployed at that time uh, in order to control, um, have money, you have to control the caravan trades and for controlling the caravan trains, you need certain uh, centralized locations and the Levant is a centralized location. So they, they pretty much uh, get its uh, literature um, from, Isla, uh, from Judaism or, what we, or ancient Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, uh, because all the Orthodoxy from the Hebrews, from the Northern Hebrew tribes, then get together to form uh, Islam. So that is why there's so much of comparative ideology and tapestry of overlapping names in the Quran. All the prophets' names from Abraham to Solomon to Jesus were taken from Hebrew and Christian movements. Besides Ishmael, Islam has no prophets. If the Arabs are absolutely nothing prior to Islam, uh, to what Islam has been created. 20 years is not enough for supposedly illiterate people as their stories uh, to offer up and deep dwell up deep physical literature. The new Islamic movement was supposedly unemployed people of the desert, people who were off the on the bottom of the cycle, but a minority, never a majority. Once the groups allied together, they would be seated, they would have sealed their alliance with intermarriage, as is always the case. They would have formed a Matisse class of people to marry their political agendas and cement that alliance. The knowledge legal infrastructure, literature of the Hebrews would have been transferred to the Islamic movement. And here we go. That is why one sees so much of Hebrew scriptures in the Quran with topography from the um, Levant and not from Mecca, which is an arid desert. Uh, what agenda and literature the Israelite uh, people of the book faction at Medina had, was transferred to the Quran. The Quran is said to have been written at this junction after the Islamic movement took over the Levant, that is modern day Israel, uh, Lebanon, uh, Jordan, uh, and Syria. Uh, later, when the young Islamic movement split from the people of the book, the allied with Christians and Jesus, was added to the Quran 25 times to attract Christians to the Ishmaelite side. So this is why I believe that we do not see the word Palestine in the Quran. The Philistine were the sworn enemies of the Israelites, especially the establishment. The Israelites wanted to eliminate them completely. They believed that the Philistine, who were impure foreigners, 
unholy were on their holy land given to them by Yahweh or Hashim. The Quran states very clearly that Jerusalem was to be given to the uh, um, children of Israel, that's Quran Surah 17 verse 104, as their goal was to take back Jerusalem and the people of the book were not going to even acknowledge their Philistine enemies during that time. So the pe- all the literature comes from the people of the book. Uh, and when I say people of the book, I mean northern, uh, the orthodoxy of the northern tribes of Israel. Not as it's translated today. Okay? They absolutely would have needed their geopolitical partners to achieve this status, thus transferring their agenda to their new allies. Similarly, Muslims who say that the Bible is corrupt get it from the people of the book ancestors who despite the Yehud, the Christians in the Bible. So because um, all the literature comes from the people of the book, or should I say, like I said, the orthodoxy of the northern tribes of Israel, the enemies of the northern tribes of Israel were not going to be put into some holy book, okay? Absolutely not. Because they're not going to be put into some holy book, the word Philistim is not there. And that's why we don't have Philistim in the Bible. We don't, sorry, in the Quran, we don't have... um, we don't have it in the Quran. We don't have it in the text. Um, and, and, and that's why the concept that Muhammad, well, Muhammad goes to Jerusalem in his, apparently, in his, um, his energy goes to Jerusalem and, and meets with uh, God and he goes up to heaven in, in the Burak. Uh, but they don't call it uh, Palestine. They don't call it, they call it the city of Jerusalem. Now, of course, this is just a fable, but this is the background why Palestine is not in the Quran. It, it's a concept that belongs to people who were considered filthy by, and non-kosher by the uh, Israelites of this time, and their goal was to eliminate this Philistine. So in their minds, even today, although they have forgotten it, and people have forgotten this story. They keep on saying, oh, Palestine is an ancient place. It's not an ancient place. It's a label that comes from people who came across the Aegean Sea. Um, and, and they did not interact with the locals. They, they always were in conflict because of the zone. And over time, the people here have been in conflict, fighting, fighting. The labels have changed, but the mentality of, of, con- of conflict has remained the same. Because their they, they, they confluence of, uh, of, of people coming from different groups, everyone is trying to subjugate the others and gain power over the other and, and fighting for power. And this cycle of, of conflict and power is, is like currents and waves. It's their currents that form the waves. They do not want to stop. They do not want to lift, go out. Uh, and they're still fighting. Um, and today, after the British came in, uh, the Zionist movement of Europe, um, you know, uh, was actually, they were sold before the British came in. The Mufti of Jerusalem, and uh, before the British came in, sold the Zionist land because they needed money and, and didn't have any land and the Zionists had money. So the Zionists took over small parts of this territory uh, to to reformat the earth, to reformat the 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 land over there, and um, 
when the Ottoman Empire, who was ruling this place, came down, they, along with the Brits, formed a territory called Palestine, the, the, the British Mandate of Palestine. And the British Mandate of Palestine controlled um, Jordan, modern-day Jordan, today Israel, uh, the Palestinian territories, what is called, and uh, they were held by Christians, Jews, and Muslims. So all three of them held this, were, lived in this land. And that was peaceful, but there were three of them. When the British left in, in 1948... This land in 1948, uh, then 20% of this land was given to uh, to the Jews uh, because obviously they had bought it. They had bought it from the Muslims. They didn't buy it from the Christians uh, or from the British. They bought it from the Muslims. Uh, so they had only 20% of the land. Uh, in 1923, we had... Um, partly we had... Uh, Jordan was formed, then called Transjordan. And the rest of the territory was left up for grabs. The Arabs wanted to control this entire land. They were so greedy that they fought among themselves and they lost it all. So the fight has actually been with the Arabs of the land who keep fighting for this territory, forgetting the past and trying to use a word that, the, that in the mind of the Hebrews will never sit down because this is a bad word. It is, it is, it is to Israelite culture calling someone kufar. So what a kufar is to a Arab or to a Muslim, the word Philistine is kufar to uh, the Israelites. They are never going to sit with it. So you have to go back in history and undo the knots, undo the layers, understand the currents that form your waves and slowly heal. Once you understand the history and its currents and understand, you know, we're just fighting for nothing. We're all the same people. We're, our ancestors were nomads who walked around the earth, uh, you know, fought, made up, made love, made children. And here we are all this year later still fighting so if we want to stop the fight we have to understand the history and understand at the end of the day we're just human and we need to stop the fight and hopefully then by understanding history and the currents that form our waves we can heal and we can stop the conflicts so thank you very much for your time i wish you a great great day please do me a favor and if you don't mind share this with at least five friends ask them to share it with another five friends and uh hopefully we can all heal little by little by little and uh and and the power, the power of knowledge from within will rise up and, and, and give you more strength and more shakti and move on um, to a better life and to a better future for our children. So thank you once again. And I hope I wish you a great day.